section seventy nine of mysteries of london volume four this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. mysteries of london volume four by george w m reynolds laura and her mother another interruption here i am in paris once more perdita laura i mean said the old woman without moving from the seat which she had taken and without offering to embrace her daughter and i am within the fortnight stipulated too you have travelled post from calais or boulogne doubtless observed laura interrogatively for your clothes are covered with dust and it is evident that you were not cooped up in the interior of a diligence i may therefore conclude that you were successful in your search after torrens and your designs upon him she added fixing a penetrating glance upon her mother's countenance i was so far successful that i obtained certain intelligence concerning him responded the old woman but i failed altogether in my hope of becoming the possessor of his money and what was the intelligence to which you allude demanded laura who felt convinced from her mother's manner that she had not failed in the object of her journey i learnt beyond all question or doubt that torrens really was the murderer of percival but that he himself had met with a violent death ah torrens is no more exclaimed laura then bending a look full of deep meaning upon her mother she said in a tone of equal significancy you went to london to be revenged upon him and he is dead he has experienced a violent end well i understand you i read your secret and you need not be more explicit by heaven you wrong me laura exclaimed the old woman starting in astonishment and alarm as the justice of her daughter's horrible suspicion became suddenly apparent a suspicion that she herself had so incautiously engendered by the mysterious manner in which she had announced torrens's death it is not worth while disputing upon the subject said laura in a tone which convinced her mother and indeed was intended to convince her that no explanation could now possibly wipe away the suspicion alluded to you are doubtless well pleased that torrens is no more and that is sufficient perdita laura i mean said the old woman speaking as if her tongue were parched or as if ashes clogged up her throat why should you take delight in uttering things to vex and annoy me for some time past indeed ever since the date of your connection with charles hatfield a barrier has appeared to rise up between us we seem to act towards each other as if it were tacitly understood that we are enemies or that we mutually harboured distrust and suspicion i am aware of it mother and it is all your own fault answered laura you sought to exercise over me a sway to which i would not and never will submit and you menaced me in a manner not easily to be forgotten but you had your revenge for you abused me vilely retorted mrs mortimer with a malignant bitterness of accent acknowledged and you yourself must admit that you provoked my resentment but let us not remain here bandying words which may only lead to an useless quarrel circumstances have opened to me a grand career a career 
in which my happiness and my interests may be alike promoted and i have accepted the destiny thus favorably prepared for me in a word i am about to marry a young italian nobleman whom i feel i can love whom i already love indeed and who possesses a proud title and princely revenues ah you are about to be married said mrs mortimer speaking as if the project were perfectly natural and without an objection but in her heart in the depths of her foul and vindictive soul she was rejoiced for this alliance would place her daughter completely in her power the reader will remember that the old woman was aware of laura's union with charles hatfield but that the young lady herself was totally unsuspicious of that fact being thus known to her mother yes resumed laura i am about to be married i leave paris for england to-morrow morning i return to london because i am now independent of the hatfields and at my leisure i shall devise means to avenge myself for the insults i have received at their hands it now remains for you and me to decide upon what terms we are to exist in future be friendly and i shall allow you a handsome income be hostile and i shall dare all you can do against me i am sorry that my daughter should think it necessary to propose such alternatives said mrs mortimer state what you require me to do to settle in france wherever you please responded laura and i will grant you an allowance of two hundred pounds every three months the pecuniary portion of the conditions is liberal enough said mrs mortimer but the rest is as despotic and galling as the terms which mr hatfield made the other day with you i much regret that prudence should compel me thus to dictate to you returned laura there is however no alternative tis for you to yield to my conditions or open war will at once commence between us i consent i agree said the old woman who knew that the time was not yet come for her to show her teeth in defiance of her daughter so much the better exclaimed laura but in a tone indicating that the matter was one of perfect indifference to her for she little knew little suspected how irretrievably her marriage with the count of corignano would place her in her mother's power and now i have one question to ask you speak perdita observe the old woman pray remember that my name is laura cried her daughter petulantly you perceive how necessary it is that we should dwell apart from each other your imprudence is really great and the question i am about to put to you refers to some matter in which you doubtless compromised yourself are you acquainted with the marquis of delmore the marquis of delmore repeated mrs mortimer with an expression of countenance denoting the most unfeigned astonishment no certainly not i have heard of him it is true but only in the same way that one hears of any other person conspicuous for rank wealth or station i have never seen the marquis of delmore to my knowledge perhaps you have been in his company without knowing who he was resumed laura at all events have you recently represented yourself in any circle or place as the widow of a general officer whom you stated to have died in india the system of duplicity which the old woman determined to adopt towards her daughter had so well prepared her to sustain any questioning or cross-examination on any point that she did not betray the least surprise 
nor did her countenance undergo the slightest change as that interrogatory suddenly brought to her mind the conviction that mr vernon and the marquis of delmore must be one and the same person without at the moment perceiving how this discovery could be in any way useful to her but still acting with that reserve and wariness with which she had armed herself in order to meet her daughter she resolved not to mention a single word of anything that had occurred in london relative to the beautiful recluse of the cottage her father and lord william trevelyan accordingly and without the least hesitation nor quailing nor changing colour beneath the penetrating gaze which laura fixed upon her she said i do not remember ever to have made any such representation as that to which you allude it is singular this coincidence mused laura audibly and yet it is of little import to me it would appear at all events that you must be acquainted with the marquis of delmore of whom you speak said mrs mortimer in a careless and indifferent tone scarcely were the words uttered when a violent ringing at the front door was heard and in a few moments a voice instantly recognized alike by laura and her mother exclaimed to rosalie has your mistress retired to rest yet i must see her immediately the abigail suspecting that it would be better not to allow the marquis of delmore for he the visitor was to be brought face to face with the handsome young italian unhesitatingly conducted the noble man into the parlour where laura and mrs mortimer were holding their interview but the moment rosalie had closed the door behind the marquis he uttered an ejaculation of mingled astonishment and rage and springing towards mrs mortimer exclaimed ah i meet you again vile woman give me up my daughter tell me where you have hidden her and he caught her violently by the arm i know what you mean my lord said the old woman hastily but you accuse me wrongfully wrongfully repeated the marquis his countenance white with rage no no i only accuse you justly for it must be you who have spirited away my child my beloved agnes it is false ejaculated the old woman with an emphasis which made him release his hold of her and fall back two or three paces false you say he cried oh then if you have really not done this flagrant wrong but if you are in possession of any clue i am i am interrupted mrs mortimer seeing in a moment that a reward was to be obtained and her spite against lord william trevelyan to be gratified at the same time for she did cherish the bitterest animosity against that young noble man on account of his conduct towards her when four days previously she had taken agnes vernon to his house in park square and yet i cannot conceive you to be innocent in this matter exclaimed the nobleman surveying her with deep distrust and aversion and all this time taking no notice of laura so profoundly were his feelings engrossed by the subject which now occupied his mind for wherefore did you visit the cottage where agnes dwelt why did you intrude yourself upon her presence all that can be readily explained my lord responded mrs mortimer not losing an atom of her self-possession then tell me where my daughter is tell me what has become of her cried the nobleman in an appealing tone and if you have been concerned in removing her from the cottage i will forgive you nay more 
i will reward you handsomely your daughter is in safety that much i can inform you at once said mrs mortimer thanks thanks for this assurance cried the old nobleman clasping his hands together in gratitude for the relief thus imparted to his mind then suddenly recollecting the presence of laura he turned towards her and in a tone of mingled suspicion and reproach said but how is it that i find you with the very person of whom i spoke to you somewhat disparagingly two short hours ago she claims some distant relationship with me my dear marquis laura hastened to observe but without manifesting the slightest embarrassment while the rapid and intelligent sign which she made to her mother and which was altogether unperceived by the nobleman was fully understood by the old woman ah that is on account of her name being mortimer said the marquis completely satisfied by the answer which laura had given him especially as the old woman offered no contradiction and now i must request you to accede to some alteration in our plans for to-morrow he continued drawing laura aside and speaking to her in a low tone on my return just now to the hotel where i am staying i found a letter containing the afflicting intelligence that a daughter of mine a daughter whom circumstances have compelled me to keep in the strictest seclusion had suddenly and most mysteriously disappeared from her dwelling in the neighbourhood of london this happened five days ago but mrs gifford my dear child's housekeeper and i may almost say guardian did not immediately write to me hoping that agnes would return oh you may conceive how deeply this event has grieved me i sympathize sincerely with you my dear marquis interrupted laura affecting to wipe away tears from her eyes for it suited her purpose to remain on good terms with the old noble man until she should have cashed her draft for the sixty thousand pounds yes i sincerely sympathize with you she repeated and i can anticipate the proposed alterations in our arrangements you intend to start immediately for england without a moment's unnecessary delay said the marquis who was greatly excited by the intelligence he had received from mrs gifford the instant i return to my hotel a post chaise and four will be in readiness for me but may i hope that you will follow me to london as speedily as convenient i shall depart to-morrow my dear marquis at the hour already arranged responded laura and deeply do i regret that my preparations are so backward as to render it impossible for me to offer to become your travelling companion at once dearest laura murmured the marquis for a single moment losing the remembrance of his affliction in the doting passion he had formed for the beautiful woman who was thus grossly deluding him our separation will not be very long he continued and i hope that when we meet in london three days hence i may have good news to tell you respecting agnes now madam he exclaimed aloud turning towards mrs mortimer who while affecting to be examining the mantel ornaments was vainly endeavouring to catch the sense of what was passing at a little distance between her daughter and the marquis now madam he said approaching her with an abruptness that made her start i do not think i shall be insulting you if i offer you a hundred guineas for the information which you professed yourself able and willing to give relative to my daughter my dear and well-beloved agnes a hundred guineas my lord 
exclaimed mrs mortimer contemptuously if you really love that young lady whom you call your daughter you must surely consider that it is worth five or six times the amount named in order to regain possession of her laura dearest i mean miss mortimer said the noble man impatiently as he turned towards the young lady oblige me with writing materials and i will speedily satisfy this woman's rapacity perhaps i might also exact a recompense for keeping secret the good understanding which exists between your lordship and dearest laura and which you so unguardedly betrayed observed mrs mortimer in a tone of bitter sarcasm and with a malignant glance darted from her snake-like eyes at her daughter silence woman ejaculated the marquis speaking with the emphasis of authority then the writing materials being now placed before him he sat down and wrote a check which he tossed across the table to mrs mortimer saying i am sorry that i have not enough money about my person to satisfy your demands i am therefore compelled to give you a draft upon my london bankers and you will perceive that it is for six times as much as i at first offered you he added dwelling on the words which the old woman had herself used to indicate the amount of her expectations yes my lord i see that it is for six hundred pounds she observed coolly and quietly as she folded up the check and secured it about her person and now i will tell you what i know concerning your daughter and i take heaven to witness that i will not mislead you if you do my good woman interrupted the marquis you will find payment of the check stopped at the bank go on and delay not for my time is precious in a word my lord said mrs mortimer the contemptuous manner in which she was treated by the haughty peer being fully counterbalanced by the handsome bonus that had just fallen into her hand lord william trevelyan whom you doubtless know well by name if not personally is deeply enamoured of your daughter and he employed me to take a letter to her i acquitted myself of the task but miss agnes is a perfect dragon of virtue and i could make little impression upon her god be thanked ejaculated the marquis fervently well although lord william's passion is honourable enough i have no doubt yet miss agnes and is it lord william who has taken her away demanded the marquis unable to restrain his impatience or any longer endure the tortures of suspense no my lord it was her mother said mrs mortimer watching through profound curiosity the effect which this announcement would produce upon the noble man ah then my worst apprehensions are confirmed he exclaimed in a tone of poignant anguish but do not give way to despair my lord said mrs mortimer for miss agnes subsequently escaped from the house where her mother placed her oh i then she loves me still me her father exclaimed the marquis in accents of joy and she yielded not to the wiles of that woman but proceed madam proceed he cried suddenly interrupting himself and again speaking in a tone of impatience having escaped as i have just said resumed mrs mortimer agnes fell into the power of ruffian from whose hands i was fortunate enough to rescue her and not knowing precisely whither to take her 
i thought it best to consult lord william trevelyan upon the proper course to adopt his lordship who is a man of honour and pray remember to tell him that i say so she added with a slight accent of malignity his lordship immediately placed her in the care of a lady of his acquaintance and it is to him that you must apply my lord marquis for the address of your daughter's new abode and all that you have told me is true exclaimed the old nobleman if it should prove otherwise your lordship has in your own hands the means of punishing me responded mrs mortimer true cried the marquis and now i am somewhat consoled by the tidings you have given me my daughter is safe and in the society of honourable persons i thank you madam he then turned away to shake laura cordially by the hand ere he took his departure you will leave to-morrow at midday dearest he said in an undertone to her whom he fondly hoped to make his mistress but who was so grossly deluding him yes without fail was the reply and on your arrival in town you will instantly send me word at which hotel you take up your temporary residence continued the marquis i shall hasten to join you and hope to have a charming villa ready to receive you you are too good my dear marquis to think too much of me at a time when your heart is so severely lacerated on account of your daughter said laura likewise speaking in a whisper there is nothing that i would not do for you beloved laura responded the infatuated old noble you hold already a check for sixty thousand pounds that is nothing to what i will do for you my dearest angel and if i allude to pecuniary affairs at all it is to convince you how anxious i am to ensure your happiness not only now but likewise when i shall be no more thus speaking the marquis of delmore pressed laura's hand fervently and was about to hurry away when suddenly recollecting something he drew her still farther aside and said in a very low whisper have nothing to do with that woman dearest i dislike her looks i mistrust her altogether she is evidently an adventuress oh how could i have ever supposed even for an instant that such a wretch was the mother of such an angelic being as my laura another fond and impassioned look another pressure of the hand and the marquis was gone of all this latter dialogue which took place between that noble man and laura and which was carried on in a very low tone mrs mortimer who strained all her auricular faculties to catch even a syllable succeeded only in overhearing a very short sentence but that one sentence she did manage to catch and a highly significant as well as deeply important one was it for her and these were the words which she thus caught you hold already a check for sixty thousand pounds quickly as the first glass of sparkling wine infuses a delicious sensation throughout the entire frame so speedily did that one sentence create a burning joy in the breast of the old woman she saw through it all laura had wheedled the marquis out of that immense sum and now she intended to jilt him and espouse the italian noble a check for sixty thousand pounds thought mrs mortimer within herself while the marquis and laura were still whispering together sixty thousand pounds well we shall see it is better than a paltry six hundred 
and while thus musing she affected to be smelling the flowers on the mantelpiece until the door suddenly opened and closed again instantaneously and then she turned round towards laura for the marquis was gone and you assured me that you knew nothing of the noble man who has just left us said laura fixing her eyes with cold contempt on her mother i knew him only as mr vernon until i saw him here this evening was the answer but it was to him that you had passed yourself as the widow of a general officer in the indian army persisted laura and yet you denied having ever made such a representation to any one you perceive mother that i cannot trust you you are full of duplicity and deceit even to me and still you complain that a coolness subsists between us i may observe on my side laura retorted the old woman with a subdued and cunning malignity that you were not more communicative to me relative to the marquis of delmore than i was disposed to be to you we are therefore even upon that score and at all events let us not dispute i shall now leave you laura for i am well aware that my room will be preferable to my company it is my present intention to remain in paris and from time to time i will send you tidings of my whereabouts so that you may duly remit me my quarterly income as promised just now the check of the marquis i shall send through the medium of some parisian banker the old woman then took her departure a cool good-bye being all the farewell salutation that passed between her daughter and herself as she crossed the threshold of the handsome suite of apartments thank god she is gone thought laura as she hastened to rejoin her handsome castelcicalan who was growing impatient of her protracted absence the haughty and self-sufficient creature murmured mrs mortimer to herself as she hastily descended the stairs she is completely in my power at my mercy in every way and did the old woman remain in paris in fulfilment of her declared intention no wearied and exhausted by travel as she already was but animated with an indomitable energy mrs mortimer hastened late though the hour now was to procure a post-chaise and four and while laura was passing a night of voluptuousness and love in the arms of the handsome count of carignano her mother was speeding along the road to boulogne on her way back to london End of section seventy nine